Okay, so, excuse me, as we uh, look at Job chapter 30, um, Job 29 through 31 uh, are, it's Job's final um, argument, his final appeal, his final words that he's going to speak um, as an argument against, you know, what's going on and with his friends in, in this book. Uh, some would put 28 in there. I probably would myself, but um, we definitely 29 through 30, 31. Uh, in 29, <clears throat> we saw that Job was um, longing for the relationship that he had with God before, not just you know the blessings that he you know once enjoyed, but he he was longing to have the the uh, you know, the comfort of, of the relationship with God and also to be the instrument that uh, God used to help the poor and the widows and the, you know, those that were suffering. Job talks much about that in chapter 29. But here in chapter 30, it's almost like chapter 31 is going to go on with Job's final appeal to God, like saying, uh, he's going to be saying things like, you know, um, if I've done anything wrong, then come and show me my wrong, and you know that's going to be his his kind of uh, his last words, his final final appeal. But in chapter thirty, what we do, what we see is we got a we have a glimpse of uh, Job's uh, not only suffering under the hands of men that he deems to be you know of uh, lesser character than himself. But in the second part of chapter 30, he, he's, I mean, he's getting really close to calling God unjust. Um, in the beginning of Job's suffering, the beginning of the book, we saw that, uh, you know, of course, Job is a righteous man. We know that from God's own mouth. And we saw that Job handled his suffering very well. He handled it, handled it a lot better than I would have. And most people that I know, um, even when his wife told him, you know, just curse God and die, he he refused to do that. And as his friends came and they continually uh, counseled him to um, assume that God has just changed his mind and, and all of a sudden finds him uh, not in the right before him, Job refused to accept that. He refused to accept that he had somehow erred so bad that, the devotion, the faith, and the sacrifices that he had been offering were no longer acceptable, and God uh, had basically gone back on his word. Uh, he refuses to accept that. Um, and so Job gives right responses. Job's level-headed and balanced as we go into the book and go into the suffering that he um, endures. But as we come toward the end of Job's speaking, we get a glimpse into the pain of his soul. We get a glimpse into the uh, the hurt that's going on and the um, well, the accusations that he's actually you know be going to begin to throw around. Uh, f the first thing he, he basically says, you know, that now he's a laughing stock. You know, he's a laughing stock. Uh, uh, of all these worthless men, and the uh, last verse 
uh, of chapter 29, uh, Job was talking about how once people listened to him and once people took his advice and they, they waited for him to speak. He was a man of honor, a man who was highly esteemed. Uh, the last verse in chapter 29 says, I chose their way and said as chief, I live like a king among troops, like one who comforts mourners. And then verse 1 starts, but now they laugh at me. Men who are younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock. What can I gain from the strength of their hands, men whose vigor is gone? He's saying, look, these same people that honored me once, that <clears throat> I used to help, that you know I would be a, a, a comforter to when they mourned these are the ones that are that are now laughing at me in my in my distress you know think about it job's uh the the uh, events that have uh, characterized his life in in the in the course of this book have have probably become world news you know probably being known far and wide that this man who was once a devoted follower of god and who god blessed above all you know job he would come and sit at the city gate and the 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 rulers of cities would know this man and know who he was and the great prosperity that he had now it's uh he's destitute now he's without anything without family and and even losing his health you know, um, boils and, and sackcloth and ashes. And, you know, it, it, it probably made for a, a heck of a tale. And so he's being ridiculed by men that he says they're younger than him. And he says that their fathers aren't even worthy to sit with his dog. That was one's lineage at this time was very important. You would say, I am so-and-so the son of whoever. And so, He's saying that these men that are laughing at him and that are looking down upon him, their fathers aren't worthy to sit with his dogs. Uh, these uh, they're, they're useless. They're 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 scavengers, is what he's basically saying. In verse three, he says, "Through want and hard hunger, they gnaw the dry ground by night in waste and desolation. They pick saltward and the leaves of bushes and the roots." Of the broom tree for their food, he's saying these are you know they they're scavengers. They're they're when I'm when I'm down and it looks like I'm I'm being counted out and and suffering is taking me. These uh, these people are are coming and they're they're making my my life worse by <clears throat> just kicking me when I'm down and and he's speaking all these things and I'm I have to assume that. In some sense, his friends, the you know Bildad and Eliphaz, and that they have to be thinking, uh, this guy's talking about me. He's talking. He's saying that I'm useless and unworthy to sit with his dogs and and a scavenger. And uh, but Job's point here <clears throat> is that he's being ridiculed and he's being uh, maligned and <clears throat> placed beneath men who are of low character and ill repute and are not worthy of you know the man that job used to be and so what you see here is uh job is starting to come out uh, more outspoken about the the trials that he's enduring and he's starting to i don't want to use the word whine you know because i don't think you could characterize Job is a whiner because he's been through so much and he's he's uh, held fast to his integrity. Uh, but here it's starting to sound like Job is is uh, 
you know, he, he's letting all of this out of his heart at, at last instead of holding it, holding it in and, and, you know, keeping it from uh, coloring his his thoughts about what's going on and his assumptions about what God is doing and, and these men who are coming, giving him bad advice. All of a sudden, this stuff comes pouring out of his heart. He's verse five. He says, they're driven out from human company. He said, uh, they shout after them as a thief. In the guiles and the torrents, they must dwell in holes in the earth and of the rocks. He said, these guys are not worthy even to be in human society. Among the bushes, they bray under the nettles. They hug together a senseless and nameless brood. They have been whipped out of the land. Uh, he's getting pretty fierce. He's getting pretty fierce with uh, the people that are making his life more miserable than it already is under the hand of all the suffering that has has come upon him. Uh, he has he, he he is the laughing stock of 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 worthless men, and Job is lamenting the fact that he is having to endure the assaults uh, of these types. Of men, he says in verse nine. He says, "And now I have become their song. You know, I am a byword to them. They they abhor me. They keep aloof from me. They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me." He's saying, "Look, I, I'm enduring all this. He's he's shamed and he's hated now." When you hear the story of Job, you know the you know you've heard of Job in the Sunday school lessons and, and all those things. And when you read the book of Job, if you were to describe Job's suffering, um, of course we would say that you know he he lost all his property, lost all his money, his financial means, his uh, prosperity, all those things. We would say that he's lost his entire family, his children were taken from him, his his. Uh, his whole his whole family, you know, other than his wife, who is screaming in his ear about him, uh, should he, he should deny God? And um, the uh, other thing we would say is that he lost his health. Um, but Job's main issue here, at the end, oh, close to the end of this book, is that all of this uh, tragedy that has come upon him uh, has caused him to suffer most most uh, uh, violently at the hands of these men who now shame and hate him, who mock him, who look with derision upon him. Uh, it's, it's funny, you know, it, it's funny that Job, uh, rather than go through the list of things that he's lost and the, the suffering that his heart endures at this point, he basically is talking about the suffering that these men are inflicting upon him by uh, casting him out of society, by by casting him out of the uh, esteem that they once held him in, by being a mockery, making him a mockery, by uh, shaming him, you know, them using him as a song or a byword. Uh, and these are even despicable men. You know, uh, Job is spit on, he says, by... By the lowest form uh, of men, and and verse eleven, you can see that he's even attacked by him. He says, "Because God has loosed my cord and humbled me, they have cast off restraint in my presence. On my right hand, the rabble rise; they push away my feet; they cast up against me their ways of destruction." Uh, they they attack. I mean, they're they're attacking him in Job's mind. In Job's sight, he sees that these people, uh, 
that are deriding him and mocking him and shaming him are coming against him with full-fledged attack. And, uh, you know, something like this is not easy uh, for Job to deal with, even in spite of all the suffering that he's gone through so far. Uh, It basically breaks him down that, that he is being mocked by all the people that he once helped. If you think back, think back into the last chapter, uh, Job uh, said that he longed for the position that he once held. He longed for uh, the status that he once held. But he also longed to be the, the, uh, the benefit that he once was. It says that he helped those who were suffering. He helped the the widows and the orphans and those whose cause was just that were being oppressed and those who were being um, uh, oppressed. He he helped them and he stood for them and he fought for them. But when Job's turn to be oppressed came, when his turn to enjoy suffering, uh, to 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 have that come upon his life, uh, these same men that he once helped. These same men that he once stood for uh, mock him and curse him and shame him and attack him. And you can imagine, it takes a whole lot less than this for most people to be heartbroken uh, or to be, you know, completely uh, despondent. But this, this, I think this one thing more than any other, at this point anyway, um, it breaks Job down. It breaks Job down and it really breaks his morale. And it just seems like here in chapter 29, 30, and 31, Job is at the lowest possible point that he can get. I mean, he there's nothing else that can be taken away from him. Uh, and now uh, people who uh, we would esteem as low character uh you know, not good people at all, but but uh, people who he even says that their fathers aren't worthy to sit with my dogs. Um, <clears throat> now he's even lower than them and being spit on by them and mocked in a byword by them. They're they're singing songs about him. Um, he he's gotten to where uh, he just it just seems like I can't take anymore. Verse thirteen it says they break up my path. They promote. My calamity. These guys, now check these three guys that have come to help me, they promote my calamity. They need no one to help them. Oh, they're great. Verse 14 says, As through a wide breach they come, amid the crash they roll on. Terrors are turned upon me. My my honor is pursued as by the wind, uh, and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. They have, have come against him. And this is... Uh, it's not just adding insult to injury. It, it, it has finally, and I think completely, and I'm making some assumptions here, but I think it finally and completely has broken Job, Job's morale. He has come to the point where I just can't take anymore. I just can't, you know, I, I can't go on like this. I can't, uh, endure suffering you know so far now he has endured all the suffering that he's gone through he's endured it with integrity he's questioned god a few times but it was always in the context of why have you done this to me why what have i done to have caused this just give me an answer just give me a a reason he has he has refused uh, openly to disparage god's character he has refused openly to 
say that God has somehow changed his mind about the requirements of righteousness, about the sacrifices that he made. He has, he has held to his integrity completely throughout this book, even as we have seen lapses in his thinking as he, you know, which would be indicative of anyone who goes through uh, su- such suffering. Um, but here it seems to me that that the the fact that he is now at the bottom of society, lower than the outcast, being spit on and mocked at by the dregs of society, and even these same people that he once stood up for and helped, um, it was just, it's just more than he can bear. And the rest of the chapter from 16 to 31, as you're studying it, um, what you see here is that uh, Job is, he's going to start calling out to God um, as if God was unjustly punishing him. You, you see a real turn of attitude right here for some reason. Uh, I, I think it's because of you know Job's morale being broken, but you see the effects of all this suffering that has compiled and built up and built up and built up. And finally it comes to a head where Job, it's almost like he just starts letting his mouth run faster than his, his mind can, can, you know, uh, hold it back. He's letting, he's just letting all of this pain and all of these thoughts and all of these uh, concerns come out, come out of his mouth in the verse 16 through 18, he says, uh, and now my soul is poured out within me. He's saying, you know, I've had all I can stand. I've had enough. Now my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction have taken hold of me. The night racks my bones and and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. With great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me about like a, like the collar of my tunic. He's saying, you know, uh, the only thing that I experience is affliction. In the night, my bones hurt. My pain gives me no rest. Uh, it, it, my, I, I'm assuming that because of his physical condition, his uh, skin ailment, his the boils, and all, it, it feels as if his own garments are strangling him. It feels that you know there, there is just no rest. There's no peace. There's no um, there, there's no way to get away from it. it you know, it uh, it's a pain that you cannot ease, no matter which way you turn or which way you sit or which way you you lay. And then here comes here comes the big uh, crescendo uh, of Job's entire argument and Job's entire tale of suffering as it comes through. You know, from the very beginning of the book until now, in verse nineteen, he he says, "God has cast me into the mire." And I have become like like dust and ashes. Um, he has gone through about as much suffering as any man possible can go through. And finally he just breaks out and says, God, you, you've done this to me. Uh, these these worthless men who are spitting on me and mocking me and shaming me and, and doing all these things. Uh, God, you you have done this to me. You've thrown me in this mire. You're the one that has made dust and ashes, you know, a compass about about me. And so the next thing he's going to do is going to cry to God in his suffering. He says, I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. 
I stand and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up on the wind. You make me ride on it. And you toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know that you will bring me to death. And to the house appointed for all the living. Um, man, you just... Job finally just comes out and says it. Um, not only is he blaming God for... Uh, all that he's going through. And he's sort of done that before in the book. So that's really not uh, just to say, God, you have thrown me into the mire. Um, he, he said statements like that before. Uh, and we've read those. And, and you know, we, we've seen that come out of his heart before. But here it's almost like he's blaming God and calling him unjust. He's saying, I cry to you and you don't answer me. Um uh, I call to you, and all you do is stare at me. You just look at me. I mean, it's almost like Job is indicting God with um, a lack of love, a lack of support, a lack of compassion for one who has been faithful and devoted to him. Uh, he blames him for being cruel. I mean, he says, uh, I mean, he, he, he doesn't beat around the bush at all. He, he plainly says it. He says, you have turned cruel to me. Verse 21. Now, God being cruel to him is, of course, we know that that's not correct. God is not cruel. He's just. And so, you know, what may seem like cruelty to us really is justice for our sin. But <clears throat> that's not really the point I want you to focus on in this in this verse. Uh, uh, chapter 21. It says, you have turned cruel to me. And so what he's doing here is throughout the whole book, he's, he refuses to admit that God has, quote unquote, changed his mind about the sacrifices and the faith of Job and the devotion of Job. And he has refused to uh, admit that God is arbitrary and God can be fickle and change his mind. And, you know, God says that these sacrifices will cover your sin today. But tomorrow he may say that those sacrifices won't cover your sin. He's refused that. But here, finally, in the throes of this passionate, uh, you know, just disjunctive speech, he finally just lets his heart open and he says, you know, you have turned cruel to me. You were you were a compassionate friend. You were a father. You were one that accepted me. And now for whatever reason that you refuse to tell me, you refuse to speak to me, you refuse to answer me, you just stare at me, you have changed, is what he's telling God. You have turned cruel to me. Uh, he Job says that you, you're persecuting me with the might of your hand. You persecute me. Verse 21. Lift me up on the wind. He, he's saying you're playing with me. You're throwing me up on the storm and, and watching me spin around. You're watching me toss around in the roar of the storm. You're 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 playing with my life and you're you're being cruel and you're being heartless and you're. I mean, can you imagine standing before God saying such things? Um, but we can we we shouldn't be job is clearly wrong here and god's going to god's going to chastise him for for what he says here and for what uh or the things that are going through job's mind um but if you are at all honest you can see some of yourself in job 
And it takes a lot less suffering for us to come to God like this than it took for Job. Job has gone through more than any, any man possible save the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, he's gone through more suffering than you can imagine. And it takes a whole lot less suffering. Uh, I was with a family who lost a loved one. And, and just the loss of a single loved one, which is you know awful in and of itself, uh, causes many people to say, God, why is God doing this to me? How could you do this to me? Why are you being so cruel to me? Uh, people that lose jobs say, you know, God, why are you doing this? People that have natural disasters, you know, the house burns down or tornadoes. Why are you doing this to me, God? And so I don't think that it's helpful <clears throat> for us to uh, just go crazy talking about how, how, uh, how stupid Job is being and how evil he's being and how wicked he's being. Because if, if we're at all honest at all, we see ourselves in this. Uh, finally, uh, to be honest, it, it kind of relieves me a little bit to see that Job is um, <clears throat> just as human as I am. You know, it, He finally just opens his heart and lets all these negative thoughts, negative emotions uh, he, he finally just gives voice to them. Uh, he says, I know, verse 23, finally, he says, look, I, I know what you got planned, God. I know what you got going on. You're going to kill me. Uh, you're just taking your sweet time doing it. You know, he, he, I understand. I understand what's happening. He's, he's blaming God uh, for being cruel to him. And so <clears throat> we we need to make sure that we understand that that uh, when we do this, when we allow this understanding of God, this false understanding of God, that God is fickle and God is cruel and God can turn on you and God, when we allow those things to uh, fester in our heart, um, the proper response for those things is just to kill them immediately to use God's word to ha have what he, he himself has said. I, I do not change. I, you know, the, the, the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, you know, keeps his promises, unable to lie. You, you quash it because if you let it fester and you let it grow, eventually it will get vo it give voice. It will come out. Job continues in verse 24 um, doing something that we I, I have often done. Uh, and I'm sure you have too, he starts complaining that he is not receiving the care in his suffering that he has given other people in their suffering. And so, uh, you know, have you ever, who who hasn't yelled at God, looked up at the sky, shook his fist at God and yelled, this is not fair. You're not treating me the way that I've done. I don't deserve this. Verse 24, he says, Yet does not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand and in, in his disaster cry for help? He's saying, this is what you're supposed to do when you're in disaster and a heap of ruins. You're supposed to cry for help. Verse 25 says, did I, did I, did not I weep for him whose day was hard? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? And then, man, this is so dangerous. Verse 26, he says, but when I hoped for good, evil came. And when I waited for light, darkness came. Now, understand what he's saying here. I mean, it has gotten to the point, and Job is so in the throes of this uh, passionate uh, cry to God, this suffering, this tormented uh, mindset, that he actually compares 
his just actions to God's unjust actions. He actually says, uh, in a roundabout way, that I am more uh, good-natured than you are, God. God, why can't you just treat people like, why can't you just treat me like I have treated other people? He, he said, he said, didn't I weep for those whose day was hard? And wasn't my soul grieved for the needy? And he says, but when I hoped for good, evil came. And when I waited for light, darkness came. He's basically saying, God, I, I have treated others better than you're treating me. I have more love and compassion for others than, than you have for me. Job, he's crying out in the same way that so many others have cried out. And when others cried out, Job came to their aid. Or so he says, uh, Job, he wept for those who toiled. He grieved for those who need uh, needed things. But when he was grieved, when he was toiling, when he hoped for light, only evil came. God gave him evil when he asked for good, when he cried out for good. And so he says, my inward parts, verse 27, my inward parts are in turmoil and never still. Days of affliction come to meet me. I go about darkened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly. He's assuming there that he's darkened by God. Uh, I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I am a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin turns black and falls from me. You can see the 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 boils and all these things have festered so much that they're actually necrotic. They're actually skin is actually dying on him. It says my bones burn with fervent heat. My lyre is turned to mourning and my pipe to the voice of those who weep. He has completely lost balance. He's lost the balance of understanding who God is and what sin is and what he deserves and what he should receive. He has reached the end of his rope and his suffering, um, it's become more than he can bear. It just seems to be no hope for him at all. He's gotten to the point now where instead of saying, you know, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. He's saying, God, you are cruel and you are unjust and you are not treating me in the same way that I have treated others. He's saying, basically, he's saying that uh, he's more righteous uh, than God, that he is more kind hearted, that he is more uh, compassionate than God, and that when he calls out for help, God just stares at him. When he calls out for help, God gives no answer. Yet uh, Job was one who came to the aid of so many others in need. Everything in his life is falling apart. Sufferings brought him to a place uh, of just absolute despair. Uh, he's reached a point where, I mean, he's he has come to the point where he, he's even questioning uh, his God. I mean, he's questioning the the goodness and the compassion and the mercy of his God, and he is he is rounded a corner here. And there's a, a reason why this is Job's final speech. Uh, in the next chapter, Job will finish um, by calling on God to answer him again. Uh, but there is a reason why this is Job's final words because. After this, there's nothing more to say. He has, he, it's, it's like the fuse was lit early in the book and the fuse has burned down 
burned down, burned down, and finally uh, just this explosion of pain and suffering and, and turmoil in his life. And he just calls out to God and he, he accuses God and he, uh, he, he just lets all this fly, let it all loose, these thoughts and feelings that in, in no small part have been helped along by his friends that have been counseling him. But he, he just lets it fly, lets it all loose. And um, you and I have, have felt like this for f- much less than what Job has gone through. But understand, as we come to the end of the book, uh, God is going to deal with Job, and God is going to deal with Job's words, and God is going to make argument against Job's words. Uh, he is going to reward Job for his faithfulness and his his uh, steadfastness and his trust in his God. But he's also going to he's also going to be pretty hard on Job. Um, He's basically, God's going to say, I don't want to spoil the end of the book for you, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, uh, he's basically going to ask Job, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I'm God, and everything I do is right. Everything I do is good. And you have no basis upon which to question my actions, question my knowledge, and question my my ways. Um, so what we see here is, we see a a climax in Job's suffering to the point where his heart is broken so hard that he begins flinging accusations. And uh, these accusations will be dealt with. And what we see is just there's no better way to express ultimate suffering than what Job is going through right now.